Welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about No Age's new record, Snares Like a Haircut, and it starts out like this. this as an opening to the album it throws so many different things at you because there's this initial kind of synth wall that's very atmospheric and then this really intense kind of super complicated drumming and then it just settles into this incredibly straightforward really catchy rock song that's also really noisy and is such a great reintroduction for me i think i when these guys first broke onto the scene maybe 2007 2008 and i saw them at South by Southwest, I think, and they were just incredibly loud and almost ambient. There weren't song structures. Mm-hmm. And so to hear this album, and I guess this, they've taken four or five years off since their last album, and this is such a straightforward pop song, just first, first chorus, first, first chorus. And it is super propulsive and forward, even though it seems to be all about looking for any sort of ability to go forward, you're not actually going forward. And so I would have characterized them as noise rock before, which I, I was never really a no age fan. Like I could never really sit and like weirdo rippers. I like, but it's, I would never sit and listen to one of their albums and they took about five years off and both of them had kids, which often is a bad thing because I, I think it often can ca- cause artists to lose their priorities. But I think it's a really positive thing in this instance. It gave them some distance and time to think. And, and this is just a much more hooky together album and not, you know, I'm not really a noise rock ambient person. So that's my own bias, but I think this is just a really great cohesive set of songs. Yeah. That I, I, I you know, when I saw them live, it was quite an experience just to let me wash over me, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not an, you wouldn't seek that out and want to listen to it on, well, on an album. Yeah, yeah. I, not my thing, but yeah. um, but I like that that's still there though in that opening, and then at the last half minute of the song, it's just kind of this weird like recapitulation of the song, but like as l- listened to through radio that's a block away. It's very strange. 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of ambient touches here, and there are two instrumental tracks, one of which I think is extremely successful, which we'll get to in a minute, and yeah. one of it, one of which I think Third Grade Rave, I think is not as successful, but they're not, these aren't just pop songs. You know, I think they could have gone in the direction more like Bob Mould, where it's a much more poppy, melodic sound with also the driving guitars and kind of the noisy edge, but I think they are still trying to be very artsy and... <laughs> Yeah. They're not going to serve it all up to you. Although it's certainly, I think, of the moment here. And I, I have to imagine it's not an intentional aping, but I just was so reminded of where he's the way his voice goes in that still the same. And there's kind of this three note pattern that's like kind of sounds like Melt With You. And it, oh, it kind of <laughs> sounds like Call the Police from that LCD sound system I never album. I totally that. hear that in just every time. Which not part? This, where he goes like, not the same. And you're like, and it's oh, like that huh. interplay between what his voice is doing mm-hmm. and what the guitars are doing. I don't think it's a direct quote, but it, so I think it ended up in the same place like that they just I think it was I have to I'm not going to say they're ripping them off I think it's just an accidental bit of synergy here that they sounded so similar and I think it's just of this time yeah. but it was really funny that I was not expecting to hear that and it jumped out at me I think yeah. the second or maybe time I listened to this song but if you're going to sound like something else sound like something really good yeah. uh, and I think the energy is very high here and continues into this next track we'll play it's called Stuck in the Changer <laughs> I think this song is a great example of how they've really brought through their noise rock roots to create an, a real atmospheric sound to all these songs. There's always some kind of noise or sort of staticky ambient drone in the background. And there's never like there's not any quiet space in any of these songs if you listen carefully, which I think isn't it, it really creates a through line that coheres the songs together and on this song in particular there's the like the little bells and the like weird electronic clicks that come back and yeah well i love structurally that this song is you know i do my notes like first chorus first chorus and i think the chorus is just that kind of bell that wall of bells is the chorus of this song 
and it is you know i i think i described that first song as being kind of stuck and this song is literally in the title stuck and it's all about like i'm looking for that thing but i don't know that thing and we don't talk and we don't know where we're going and it's just a, again that a lot of stasis and yet with so much energy well and i love that for people who are our age this song i mean the song title didn't i didn't think about it at all but for the millennials stuck in the changer is a a throwback retro <laughs> reference because you'd have the six CD changers, oh, yeah. you know, and it's like that's not a thing that exists anymore. And so I feel like there's a lot of these kind of out of, out like asynchronous, what's the word, like out of time. I decided <laughs> anachronistic. Sorry, yes, but yeah, yeah no, I, I I I was thinking changer and not realizing, of course, yeah, those CDs getting slipped. Yeah, and of course they made all sorts of interesting clicking sounds. Oh yeah, that's a good point. But this, you know, I think back to the '90s, and I think at the time I was I found myself very frustrated by a lot of like indie rock because it was sort of like the whiny white boys, like eh, what are we gonna oh, do? Oh, that's reductionist. But and it, I think it was reductionist. But I think of of stuff like this, which is like i feel like lyrically it's kind of like whiny white boy but there's so much energy and there's so much warmth in his voice yeah. like and that is what is so remarkable is that the noise is so melodic and his voice i, I don't know that it's the most flexible or mm-hmm. but he really he finds the sweet spot and it just opens up and i don't know maybe with production but it feels very organic that it just feels like you know he doesn't have a huge range but with within that range they're just like these harmonics and it's very warm and powerful and inviting and i i do like that there's one exception you know you're saying like oh there's this kind of noise is pervasive but there's this brief moment in the bridge after we have just verse verse bells verse verse bells and then just suddenly it's just like a guitar and a drum with mm-hmm. almost no noise at all. And it's this lovely kind of catch your breath moment before mm-hmm. it go, dives right back in mm-hmm. to this. But never kind of, silence. Like oh, never, no, 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 yeah. no. Relative silence yeah. uh, with these guys. And that's the most you're going to hope for or the least you're going to hope for, depending on your perspective. So the next song is uh, has a great video that I suggest you look up that really kind of adds a lot to the song. I think I think it's the what the what was the first single off this record and it's called Send Me. does shift into a lower gear but it's still so cheerful and maybe this is where i start if i have a critique of the album it is so that so much of it is about this sense of i'm 
so ready to do stuff and I don't know what to do. And then more songs are like, I'm ready to go and I don't know what to do. And this is the same sort of like, I'm send me somewhere, like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. And that, you know, you talked about, you know, going and being parents and maybe, you know, when you're a young punk rocker, noise rocker, just being directionless is that's a great. And we're now maybe getting to that, uh, getting to an age where it's like, Hmm, I'm supposed to have a direction, but I don't know what it is. I just love the the shimmery tone in this. It's that like that high tenor, like it's really pretty. Well, yeah, that's there's it it is so you know atmospheric, and uh, it is a nice contrast with the sort of office drone setting of the video. Yeah, and and we talked about the video, which is the again you should just look it up but it's kind of this the two guys from the band are these office drones kind of giving a very boring presentation on various types of office equipment that's pretty funny and this woman who just kind of walks out of the room and then builds her own sculpture like art sculpture out of office equipment and then is like transported to another yeah well if you're creative yeah and and it's and and so i think this i interpret that as this song being about sort of being open to finding creative inspiration wherever it is, even if it's in, you know, your boring office or while you're taking care of your baby or whatever, you know, it's yeah. like letting, letting the feeling find you. It, yeah, it is. It is inspiring. And it's, you know, I can, a, a somewhat repetitive song. I just, you know, keeps going back to the send me, send me. But I think driving home that message is really effective and then there is a really nice instrumental section that I think, and it's like tones down yeah. the noise a little bit. Yeah. And it's just really, really pretty. Yeah, I've heard this album alternately described, which I think are both app descriptions as riding a motorcycle through a sandstorm, sandstorm or holding a power saw up to the sun. And I think this is one of the quieter moments that really kind of grounds it. Yeah, I, and maybe I think because, you know, compared to their earlier stuff, it's noisy, but it's never not melodic mm-hmm. and it's there's that sweetness throughout even if it's a wall of feedback but Uh, it is get but it does continue to be kind of art rocky and the next song we'll play is instrumental and kind of weird and i really like it though and it's called it's the title track snares like a haircut some interpretation of what snares like a haircut means and but to me it was i think i assume these are like super processed clips of snares with the reverb reverb cut off and it also sounds like somebody giving a haircut 
sounds good to me. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, that's quite an assumption. I assume you have an interpretation. No, this is, to me, it's, it is curious that this album feels very thematically pretty consistent and that they would title it after this song that's just kind of abstract. And I mean, by its definition, it's, is instrumental and it doesn't really have much of a structure even as instrumental music it's just pretty ambient and it's just these different clicking sounds and maybe they started as a snare drum but in my mind they're just clicks Mm -hmm. they're just the clicks and then they spin out and get all sorts of different effects processed on them and some of them get really super bass heavy and uh, they had really a lot of fun with the stereo just Mm -hmm. swinging it back and forth so this is a track you want to listen to on headphones and What's impressive is because it's so kind of simple and it's just this one element that kind of breaks apart and comes back together. And it has this feeling of being incredibly expansive, even though it's less than four minutes, mm-hmm. um, which maybe, well, instrumental music isn't your thing and you wouldn't want more than that. I know you're not a huge instrumental music fan, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I really this, like this. Yeah, it's it's just it's like so much of the rest of the album very inviting and it just creates this world that you get to go in and inhabit and again listen on good headphones and you'll get that stereo effect and it is incredibly engrossing and i think this might be the first time we've talked about an instrumental track on the uh, podcast and it is a little more challenging but you know worth a listen great synth sounds throughout and just the the it's very it, they keep it simple. They don't just keep layering. And that's something that is I really appreciate. Yeah, there's a minimal. It's like a minimalism, but but it doesn't have the spare sound of minimalism. All these tracks are kind of their their elements are chosen very carefully. And there are only a few elements, which kind of makes sense for a band that is a duo with a drummer, vocalist and guitarist. So there's not a lot to play with, but they really keep it simple but adding a lot of depth and interesting touches yeah fantastic stuff and yeah even though in in its way different from the rest of the album uh, a fitting title track i guess um but we get out of this instrumental world and back into high energy pop songwriting uh, in the next track it's called title i was lying in my bed all the face I thought I saw They were standing over me And then I knew for sure That they were there for me And I wasn't
may be a noise rock band, but this is an unapologetic guitar rock song. And it's just so fun with that. Uh, we hear just at the end of what we listen to, that kind of almost siren sound with the guitar. Mm-hmm. And then there's like multiple... Gu- what was, yeah. How did that sound? <laughs> yeah, there's, but there's, and then there's a pretty extensive guitar solo at the end and just this really simple chorus that's repeated. Don't you want to go? Don't you want to go? But again, the, it, the simple driving like punk rock drums. Yeah. And that it's, yeah, that's, that's, we think we end up hearing the chorus about seven times in this song. This whole record is only like 40 minutes long. Yeah. They're, it's 12 songs. They, yeah, they do not mess around. Mm-hmm. And that is even with this song taking like, you know, a, fair chunk of time to get started at the beginning and that entire like kind of quiet almost spoken word intro fading into just the the punk rock speed like there's so much here and how how are they able to squeeze so much in the phrase uh riding a motorcycle into a sandstorm this is the song that i thought of when i I read (laughs) okay that is maybe a little apt yeah Yeah. that there's just stuff coming at you from all directions and the the verses and the choruses are both super high energy and just you can almost not even tell them apart i think in fact you hear a chorus and then verse because and that intro i don't know what you call that so i Mm -hmm. i like this like it's not super innovative in structure but i like the kind of playing with stuff so that you get a little unsettled as to where you are and it's just so much fun so much high energy even if as i feel like it kind of slots into so much of this album about like don't you want to go but you're clearly not going and it's just like oh the fate is coming for me and i guess i'm just accepting my fate Hmm. and that kind of feeling a little bit powerless Mm -hmm. yeah maybe i'm reading too much into (laughs) it but i i I see that kind of as being a through line on a lot of these songs yeah well, I mean, you think of the tide, the title is called Title, and it's like the tide just kind of washes in and washes out, and there's nothing you can do about it or control it. Yeah, and inst- and actually that ties back into a lyric in uh, Stuck in the Changer, where it talks of like, oh, I'm being pulled in by the riptide. And mm-hmm. so the tide is clearly these like, forces that are beyond you, and you're just kind of giving into them. And they, the, the songs are so high energy, even though there is about kind of this powerlessness mm-hmm. is an, a kind of weird contradiction that somehow works. But I wanted to play this song and then the next song, which I feel like finally turns that on its head a little, and it's called Soft Collar Fad. almost sounds like a Ramon song to me but I just really love the energy and the drivingness of it and it's just there's something so kind of 
nihilistic but at the same time cheerful about this record and i feel like this song really is the perfect example of that um there's a lot of noise and a lot of kind of feeling of stuckness and not knowing where to go but also that like you're happy about it and you can make exciting energized melodic music about it yeah and and to me this is sort of like the turning point of the whole album i mean i like your point about the ramones it's certainly the shortest song on an album full of fairly short songs and it manages just to be again that super high energy and these like very brief very impressionistic verses that just i I don't don't quite sink in like i'm having trouble following but then i don't think the lyrics are particularly important but then it returns to this chorus and the chorus is super clear super simple and this basic message of yeah maybe you know maybe i'm not doing well maybe i have problems or maybe i'm moving forward but that's my decision and so after all of these songs where i feel like there's these sort of appeals to either just be describing being stuck or to the extent that you're moving you're appealing to sort of some higher power like the tides or some sort of just authority like hey send me tell me where to go and all of those different messages and sort of entreats and this is finally the one where he's saying to someone who's maybe in that kind of position of authority he's saying like hey what is wrong with you (laughs) and he's saying nothing's wrong with me if i say that there's nothing wrong with me like that's my decision to make and I I hope he's right, but there's something, you know, it, it's uplifting to have that message that, hey, I, I get to make that call. And then you look at these songs are so catchy. These guys are such good musicians yeah. and that they were able to leave for years, become adults and then come back and make this music that perfectly synthesizes that over the top noise wall and totally melodic and kind of bratty but also mature and mm-hmm. do all of that and it's all boiled down into this what two and a half minute straight ahead like the ramones but all grown up mm-hmm. and with this great wall of noise some more guitar solos in there which we get to hear in that in the sample we played and I, this might be my favorite song on the album just because it distills so much down and especially after that first half of all these songs about feeling trapped and stuck and opening up and it's mm-hmm. just yeah and if if anything, I, I think we heavily front loaded this this podcast with songs from the first half of the album mm-hmm. because of that sort of narrative. And, you know, I do think it maybe isn't quite as strong or as cohesive, although there's a number of really interesting songs in the second half of the album, but it doesn't have that sort of that just incredible build up to this release. But I think this that I think that's partly intentional that this isn't going to be served up to you in an easy way. It's not pops. These aren't pop songs. They are kind of preserving their artistic roots and they're they they're creating an album that requires you to think about it and requires you to be kind of invested in it um, rather than just sitting and enjoying it. And I think that's fine. Yeah. So maybe I yeah. So maybe I'm admitting that I wanted an easy listen because it is <laughs> it is such a kind of satisfying pop experience. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, wait, I'm only at the halfway point here. Well, and I think that it, it's a satisfying pop experience from just the surface listening to it once or twice. But then if you sit with it, what I love about it is the attention to detail and everything is so layered and they're taking not a lot of oops, sorry for hitting the microphone not a lot of complicated elements but they're layering them in a way that's interesting and creates new sounds and textures and they're the sonic atmospheres and the kind of drones in the background and all of the noise elements really create a mood that you wouldn't necessarily be able to pick out like it it 
it's not uh, easy to find what cre- creates that mood, but then if you sit and listen to it, you can identify like, oh, it's these weird, this weird drone in the background, or these weird little bells and these sounds that are creating a soundscape for yeah, you. Yeah, pushing guitar feedback in these ways that are unexpected, but even when they're pushing it very hard, it still ends up being so melodic. Like here, mm-hmm. there's this kind of wah wah wah, 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 and just all these different kind of like sireny sounds, mm-hmm. but none of them are alienated. They're all inviting. And I, how do they do it? I don't know. <laughs> and, I feel like that's your summary comment on a lot of the. How do they do it? <laughs> how do they do it? It's amazing. Yeah, I'm blown I mean, away. But also, they're they're the ones making it, and I'm the one talking about it. Mm-hmm. And if I knew how to make it, I. But especially after, you know, the last record we talked about was Typhoon, which was so dense and serious and really kind of required you to engage with it in a serious way where you were really thinking about it a lot. This is just a a record that you can just enjoy and like listen to it while you're driving or out running. And it's it's simple, but but it's simple, but complex. I mean, that's a cliche, but um, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's deep and it's dark. And it's joyful throughout. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to go out with the penultimate track, which is called Squashed. And we've been discussing No Age's new record, Snares Like a Haircut. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 